0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home
1: of the black and gold, SNR. It's the Blitz on a Monday. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes with you here. To the phone lines we go. He is one-third of the Migos here on the program. Of course, our good friend, your good friend, friend of the show, friend in real life, Mr. Christopher Carter. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. The Locked on Steelers podcast, WPXI, DK Pittsburgh Sports here on SNR. CC. what's up, cousin? How we doing?
0: I, I'm doing great, boys. It's great to have Amigos you know, back in full effect.
2: No, absolutely. I was just glad that he gave you the, the like full government intro, Christopher Card. I said, oh, <laughs> Lord, okay. That's what we on doing today. That's the resume name, baby.
1: CC, you were out in uh, Denver, Colorado for the weekend. How was it, buddy? Did you have a good time?
0: Hey, I'll tell you what. I wasn't shot in Denver. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <Run>! <laughs> hey, yo, Wow. <laughs> but, um, no, in all seriousness, it was, a, it was a great time. I was there for my man Harmon Singh, the old bachelor party. Congratulations to Harmon. Uh, we're we're going to celebrate his wedding this, uh, uh, this June uh, in full. But it was a great time with a bunch of great friends. Uh, you know we, we you know we like the brewery scene here in Pittsburgh. Denver got a pretty impressive one themselves. So we got to taste yes, a lot of different brews out there.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to go out there for three days in June. Uh, my wife and I, some of our our good friends live in Denver. And buddy, I agree with you. A lot of good watering holes <laughs> out there in the Mile High City for sure. Uh, Chris, buddy, NFL draft month. It's April here. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. In your mind, you know, Moats and I spent some time. Uh, in the last segment talking about some potential running backs that the Steelers could still add ahead of the draft. Um, In your mind, what is the biggest position that you would like to see the Steelers fill before night one of the NFL draft? Is it running back? Is it wide receiver? Is it strong safety? Is it something else? If you could only pick one more position for them to address before draft night, what would it be?
0: Oh, it's strong safety easily. You need to get that position filled. Build. Because at least with wide receiver, you have two guys at the top of the list that you're like, okay, these will be your primary options. Running back, you have Najee Harris. You don't have anybody at strong safety. And you need at least go in with a, with a base level of that. Otherwise, you're pigeonholing yourself into needing a strong safety in the early round. And that's not what Kevin Colbert likes to do. Now, they could, they, they should also go get a wide receiver before, before the draft. They should also go get a running back. But strong safety has to be the priority. And they need to make sure that – Either they're getting the Honey Badger. I'm not so sure if that's going to happen because he's definitely fielding offers from other teams. And there's definitely some offers out there that are probably paying more than the Steelers. It's just a matter of what kind of defense does he want to be a part of, what kind of team does he want to be a part of, or does he just want the money? Um, you know, We'll see what that, what that comes down to. But in their chasing of Ty- Tyron Matthew, I really don't think that they should lose sight of Terrell Edmonds because they, they, need, they need a guy. Uh, if you don't get Tyron Matthew, the other guys out there, you know, I know there's Deshaun Elliott, but he's had some injury concerns. You know, Edmonds would be an immediate, like, hey, you know the system. He, know, he knows you. You know him. Great rapport with Minka Fitzpatrick, 25 years old. That's a perfect fit. You can sign him to a two-, three-year deal, however long you need to. It wouldn't be expensive. It would allow you to make moves later if you want to add more moves. And it would put you in a position where, hey, you know what? So we signed Edmonds. We could still draft the safety in the first round if the right guy falls to us we're not pressured into doing so. And that that's why I think strong safety has to be a primary concern for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now.
2: Now, I'm glad you brought up the the safety position, man, because, yes, that is something that we do need to address. But um, obviously everybody's focused solely on Tyron Matthew. And, yeah, to an extent, I mean, you do forget about, you know, Terrell Edmonds, the guy that has been homegrown. But what about a Landon Collins or a Keanu Neal type? Could either of those type of guys interest you from a fit standpoint, but then also a cost standpoint
0: as well? I think that they, both of those guys could work. I'm a little shaky on Keanu Neal because, you know, he tried to transition to linebacker and it didn't work. And yeah, like, he was doing and some back. everything. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and like, I, I, that I'm kind of like, ah, like, that might be – there's, like, transition stuff there and that might complicate things. Landon Collins was a safety that I liked, really liked coming out of college. He's done a solid job. But I just – I feel like the, the Steelers need their strong safety to, to have some range to them. And to me, Landon Collins is more of a physical type of safety that you know, he's, gonna, he's gonna hit he's gonna do he's gonna do good things for the safety position, which is why he was getting paid by the Commanders so you know such big money before he got cut. Um, but you know you, you bring in Edmonds, he'll be younger, he'll be he'll be, he, I think he has better change of direction than Collins, and his versatility is a key you can use. Um, also, I think if you're bringing Collins in, you're gonna pay him I, I think a good bit more than a Terrell Edmonds. Uh, based off of just how his pedigree has, both of their pedigrees have been over their careers. So I see the logic there, and I wouldn't discount either of them as options. But to me, Charles Edmonds would just be a better price-fit need all, all in that package while allowing you to say, hey, you know what? If there's a receiver out there we want, we'll go get him. Or if there's a trade that we think we can make and we, we can afford this guy moving here, we could do that too. That's why I'm still on the on the Edmonds train. There, you know, I think the one exception is Teron Matthew because I do think he would be enough of a game changer that you'd be like, "All right, we can make we can make this exception."
2: Ballpark wise, what do you think the number is going to take for Tyron Matthew or Terrell Edmonds?
0: I think Edmonds could be anywhere from, from four to six million, maybe seven or eight million if, if you really push it. But you know, just looking at what they what they're paying some of the other guys and you look at you know how the safety market's been, you know, Edmonds isn't isn't high up there on the, on, on the safety market. You know, he's, he's kinda waiting to see how everything plays out with Tyron Matthew with Landon Collins. And to me that's going that, that lowers his value. I mean he's he's been shopping. He's been he's been looking around and it's obvious no teams are willing to move there. So I don't think the Steelers would have to do too much as far as paying out there. But if you go for Tyron Matthew, you're you're probably going for ten to twelve million dollars. And I imagine the Steelers are keeping their offer around that. And it's something that it's like a two or three year deal that'll, you know, get them, get them paid, um, you know, solidly, but, you know, not lock them in for like years, like the way how uh, Vaughn Miller and Bobby Wagner got like five year deal mm. uh, to be with with their new teams. I don't think the Steelers are trying to do that, but I think they're also being upfront with Toronto Matthew. And this is just, this is just a hunch. I'm not saying this like, I have a source. This is just how I study the Steelers and how they operate. Kevin Colbert probably sitting there saying, Hey, you know, Teron, and Mike Common probably said the same thing. Like, we love you. We love your work. we love to have you here. This is our offer. But we ain't, we ain't bargaining with nobody. We ain't, you know, negotiating or doing an uh, –
2: We don't negotiate uh, with
0: terrorists. You know, <laughs> that <you> me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> easy. <laughs> like, like gee. I wasn't saying all that. But I am saying that they're probably in a position where they're saying, like, you know what, we're not getting into a bidding war. This is our offer. You know what it is. If you want to be part of it, great. If not, no hard feelings. And I think that's where they're at.
1: As someone who's trying to buy a house right now –
2: yeah, I don't want to get into a betting war either. I mean, this is our offer.
1: If you want it, no hard feelings. All right. If someone else is gonna offer twenty grand more, ah man, we're screwed.
2: Wes, make them an offer they can't refuse. Oh, Come yeah, on, I'm man. Make them an offer they can't refuse. Make them, make them offer an they offer they refuse. can't refuse. Chris Carter, he's a
1: guest that we can never refuse, or maybe he never refuses us. He is our good friend. Our pal, our amigo here, Mama. joining us on the show on a Monday. Chris, any wide receivers that you have your eye on? You know, there are some some big names out there. There are some nice slot receiver-type targets still out there. Um, I know Jarvis Landry's been talked uh, plenty about here. Are There Any names that stand out for you as we are now, I think it's safe to say, firmly into this second wave of free agency, right? Um, anyone that's still available there that is tickling your fancy?
0: eh, I'm a, little, I'm a little burnt on the wide receiver market. It's no, it's, to me, it's not anyone who's going to be a true game changer. This is going to be a depth guy. Like, yeah, sure, Odo Beckham Jr. Well, uh, you know, it, it's interesting if he could get healthy. Jarvis Landry is a cool name. But, like, you're not trying to pay a whole lot for a wide receiver right now. You're trying to pay for a veteran who come in, you know, be what they hoped Monte Creep would have been, you know, a veteran guy who can provide some stability to the to – uh you know to to the to the offense um and you know you you look at that there's you know ty hilton would be an interesting name where Hmm. if they could bring him in at a reasonable price i could see that that could work but um uh but i just i have a hard time seeing them going being aggressive at the wide receiver position because i think they're going to be aggressive in the nfl draft at that position
2: Mm. now following up with that this is a little bit of a two-part question here first off uh since you brought up T.Y. Hilton, I wanted to talk about another aging but big-name veteran by the name of Julio Jones. Your thoughts on him. But also, what impact on the free agent market do you think Deontay Johnson's up-and-coming potential contract plays into this scenario as well?
0: Um, That's a very good question. Now, for Julio, I'm sorry, injury concerns, age, I'm not paying a whole lot for Julio. If he wants to come in on a, on a really good deal because he wants to win – great, fine. But the days of Julio Jones being, you know, uh, being the th- a top two wide receiver in the NFL, I think are done. Um, so I, I'm, not, I'm not going too far for, you know, for him. Um, but, uh, uh, but as far, as, as, far as, the, as, as the wide receiver position, I think what might determine more about Deontay Johnson is how they feel about this draft class. And if he blows up this year, they want to be prepared hmm. for, to have guys to fill in behind him. Um, but if he doesn't blow up this year, um, if he doesn't blow up this year, uh, then they want to – if he does blow up this year, they want to make make sure that they have – that they can sign him and keep him around, and then they'll still have depth around him. But if he doesn't blow up this year, will be like, look, we got Chase Claypool. We got, I don't know, a Chris Olave, a Scott mm-hmm. Moore. Uh-oh. Hey, um, now. Someone, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, you know, I'm just naming names to in the NFL. Draft, <laughs> but this is a great draft class for wide receivers. And that's why I think that there's a really good chance that they, they, they don't really put too much pressure on the Deontay Johnson situation now, um, but they, they'll get some rookies and they'll say, like, hey, you know, we got a young core, Claypool's under contract for what, you know, this year and next year as, as, as well. So uh, they got options. They're not, they're, like, they're not pigeonholed in anything, and that'll give them, you know, more freedom to spend and make some moves uh, next year.
1: Chris, sticking kind of with that that wide receiver um conversation there, Moats and I, in our most recent mock draft here on the show, mock draft 2.0 hey, here hey, on the blitz, hey. Um, we both ended up taking uh Chris Olave 20th overall in the first round. That was that was both of our picks in the first round uh in our in our most recent mock draft here. Is bigger picture though for that position. What is the the type priority for you, like the skill set priority if that makes sense? Is it someone like Olave who is just a burner and can take the top off a of defense and you think might be a, a nice compliment with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool? Is it, is it a Sky Moore type, an Olave type, or is it maybe more of a... A, a Trey Burks type, right? Someone who doesn't have necessarily the pure, um, just, you know, point A to point B speed, the straight line speed, but maybe is a little more versatile with what you can ask him to do in ways that you could implement them. Is there a type that you prefer as it relates to the Steelers in this draft class? Oh, no. Did we lose Mr. Carter? Uh-oh. Still there? Oh, he's texting me. Did he get left off bad and bougie? He said my call dropped, but I'm. Oh, wait, hold oh, on. Oh, no, he got hold left on. off
2: bad and bougie? Oh, no. Come on, man. We got to get back to him, right, babe. Let's get back to him. Here, Come let's on go. now. Call log. Come on now.
1: Downloading logs from the. All right, here we go. Oh, no. Here we go. Come on now. All right, let's call Don't him back. Don't do that to us let's today. Let's call him back, mama. Let's call him back. Scoo, scoo. Mr. Carter. Huh? Hey, can you hear us, buddy? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry. I don't know. My call just dropped in the middle of your question. Hey, no worries. They was
2: trying to leave you all bad and bougie. I told him, man, not today. Not today. Don't (laughs) you do that today. No,
1: Chris, I don't know how much of my question you heard there. So I will just repeat it for continuity purposes here. Uh, Do you have a type of wide receiver that you prefer in this draft class or out of this draft class? I should say, is it maybe more of a Olave Sky, Moore, straight line burner speed type? or a a Trey Burks, maybe not quite as fast, but some different elements to his game, some different ways that you could deploy him and and ways that you could use him. Do you have a preference there as it relates to, you know, specifically to the Steelers, obviously?
0: I I think this team needs a burner. I think they need a a big-time playmaker who can take the top off a defense, who can, you know, if if your quarterback's Mitch Trubisky, all you got to do is say, look, Mitch, you get that one-on-one with that guy, throw it. He's going to beat that dude deep down the field. You got a 50-50 ball that can be a 50-yard touchdown, you know, or, or at worst, an incomplete pass. That, like, that's the kind of guy they need to get back onto this team. And, again, you know, that's something that the Steelers really couldn't do much of last year because of Ben's arm. This year, they're going to have the deep threat. And if they need to add, but they need to add a pure speed guy. And not a pure speed guy, you know, you want to have more skills with it. But if you can add an Olave type, you know, a guy who can stretch the field, even like a, a Messi or a Calvin Austin. Any of those guys that can just – when they're on the field, teams got to say, look out for that guy. We mm. cannot let a, him get behind a cornerback uh, with a, so with no safety there. That stretches the field a little bit. That lets Clay, Chase Claypool be more of a big slot type of receiver, whereas uh, that's where I think he could be at his best for the Steelers. That allows Deontay Johnson to kind of be that primary number one guy who runs all the routes, that gets the separation, and creates. And then you're, you're stretching the field a little bit more, and then you're also opening up your ground game. But, yes – I, the Steelers need talent at wide receiver. They need sure hands at wide receiver, but they also need speed. So if if I'm if I'm preferring a type, it's a guy who takes the top off. But I would not turn down if I'm the Steelers an opportunity at, at a guy who they think could be a true number one in the NFL, even if he doesn't take the top off the of defense.
2: Now, sticking with that, with the departures of Juju, James Washington, and Ray Ray McLeod, could we see a scenario where the Steelers double dip on the wide receiver position? Mm-hmm in this draft.
0: Oh, absolutely. Okay,
2: okay, okay, oh, absolutely. okay, okay.
0: Yeah, this is, is going to be, I, I foresee the Steelers taking at least, we're taking one wide receiver in the first two days and then double dipping in the sixth or seventh round. Oh, calling really a shot. Like, okay. I, I, I really think if they don't go in the first round, they'll go in the second and the third. Um, and then after doing that, they'll come back at the end of day three and if there's, like, a Bo Melton, a guy out of Rutgers, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, they, they, they could take a shot at a guy like that. Uh, because here's the other thing. Yes, they, they got the guy, Gunner, who's a special team guy from the Patriots, and he, he's a return guy. But, you know, they love to have receivers who can also return the football yes. to, to help with depth there and fill, and fill that role. Bo Melton is a guy like that. He, he was shifty at the Senior Bowl. You know the Steelers were at the Senior Bowl. They love talking to guys. Also, not that this is definitively a connection – but Bo Melton's former wide receiver coach is uh, at Rutgers is currently the receiver coach right across the hall at the UPMC Bernie sports Complex with the, the pit Panthers, Tyquan Underwood. And I spoke with Tyquan Underwood. With about Bo Melton. He, he, he had all the positive things to say about how hard that, that Bo has worked to develop his craft, to get better at his job, to become a full, complete wide receiver. That's what you, that, that, that's what's due there. And I, I don't doubt that there might have been at least like a conversation between coaches at some point about what they what he thinks about both. So not saying that that's de- definitively what's going to happen there, but I do think that they're double-dipping and getting that type of receiver later in the draft.
2: Now, if you're GM, do you prefer this method of double-dipping in the draft or would you rather go out and spend a little bit of money in free agency on a wide receiver at this point? part of the, you know, free agency period where obviously you have some higher name guys that, like you said, have injuries, have a little bit more baggage, and you have some mid-tier guys that are more slot-specific receivers. Would you rather, you know, add a free agent wide receiver and then draft one, or would you be completely fine with just drafting two young guys and saying, hey, let the chips fall where they may. We're comfortable with this group.
0: I'll flip it for you, uh, uh, Most I'm going to go with draft your two wide receivers and then sign sign your veteran okay because okay this this way you're settled and you're not desperate in the wide receiver market you Mm. find a veteran who's not too pricey um but the Steelers you know I've said this for I've said this for years after the 2016 AFC championship game well 2017 AFC championship game 2016 season when the Steelers were down to basically Antonio Brown Eli Rogers and Darius Hayward Bay, they do not want to ever be in that situation again. So the Steelers want to keep six viable receivers on hand, which means right now you you, you have two guys that 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 you that you think will be solid. I, I could see them saying, okay, Gunner could be in, in, involved a little bit. He's guess, the sixth one. Yeah. yeah. Right. He'll be, he'll be, but he'll be the sixth one. But you need two rookies and a vet to add to this mix. That's where I think they want they want to be right now. And here's the thing. One of those rookies being a, being a, a day one or day two pick, that's your potential to be a wide receiver one someday if Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool don't work out. The, the guy on the other pick, that's your potential depth guy. And then here's the thing. If, you, if, if you're feeling like, okay, there's something there, there's something not, you don't feel like paying Deontay Johnson, you're not sure about Chase Claypool, you can go again at wide receiver anytime because the Steelers are very comfortable picking high there because they see the value of the position. So – um, I see yes, they do go on free agency, but it won't be an expensive one, and I think it happens after the draft.
2: Now I like that. Now I just had one bone to pick with you. You bringing up twenty sixteen. Don't be forget about my dog Kobe Hamilton, man, and Sammy <laughs> Coates, man. Come on, man. You you act like they went out there with <laughs> us, man. Come <laughs> on, man. Don't do us like
0: that. <laughs> but, okay, okay. Antonio Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, uh, Marcus Wheaton, y'all. Y'all, I'll say this much, Moats, maybe maybe y'all don't beat the Patriots, but y'all would have stood stood a much better chance (laughs) if both Mark Davis and Marcus were available that day. I'll say that
2: much. I do agree with you on that sentiment. Now leave me alone with my PTSD starting back up, okay? I'm getting all (laughs) hot and sweaty here just thinking about that moment, man. Chill out, chill out. Moats is going to need to take a lap around the studio now.
1: Uh, Chris, buddy, great stuff as always. Before we let you go here real quick, you know I got to ask. National championship game tonight. Who wins? Is oh. it is it your ACC brethren UNC or my Big Twelve brethren Kansas? Who you got?
0: Well, that's the thing. I've always been a Kansas guy. I've always appreciated you know the, the, the culture there. The, Sharon the, the, the Collins, baby, there. Nick, let's yeah, get it. It's, uh, rock Chop, Jayhawk, all Let's that stuff. go. I'm gonna fight
1: well, both of you. But,
0: but 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 you know what? I'm going with UNC. I think Armando Baycock's got something cooking. I think he's going to be back healthy. Baycox, uh, nice. he's got something cooking. Yeah. Everyone was doubting the ACC all year long. Oh, the ACC's not that good. The Big Ten's better. They're better. They're better. Well, guess who had some teams in the Final Four? Talk about guess it. Guess who had all them teams in the Elite Eight? Talk about teams. it. Yeah, and now and now, who's in the national championship game? And, talk, you talk. UNC ain't even UNC wasn't even the best team. And they they beat the best team in the ACC. That's the thing. The <sighs> ACC tournament Let's was go. March Madness. Let's baby. go because you had two of the best teams competing in the Final Four. So, I say, I'll just say, go Tar Heels.
2: Uh, ACC for the win. I hear you. I, I'm going to do the
1: classic, I just hope for a good game thing. I've got no ah. – I- I've got no real I've got no real beef with either school. Like obviously I have no I have no beef with UNC. I, you know what? I go Tar Heels then. How about that? Go Tar Heels then. All right. Because I do the I do, I do the opposite of the Big Ten and the SEC kumbaya thing. I hate my conference. So let's go Tar Heels.
2: There we go. Have a stance. Jeez, Louise. Have a
1: take, coward. <laughs> no, but Chris, I will. I will. I think I. Will, we can agree on this. We can find this common ground. Uh, big Ten, SEC. I mean, obviously Pac-12. I mean, kick rocks. All right. The only basketball conferences that matter are the Big Twelve, the Big East, and the ACC. Everything else is just fodder to kill time to the Big Dance.
2: Mm-mm-mm. Ain't that the truth?
0: Yeah. yeah, Including Gonzaga, which I told everybody, don't expect that team to go to go far this year. And lo and behold, look what happened to them. I, 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 I believe it's, it's just it's a it's It's exciting to watch March Madness, but you know who it's going to come down to. He's here. He's
1: there. He's everywhere. It's one-third of the Migos. Chris Carter, make sure you're showing him some love. Subscribe to the Locked On Steelers podcast, folks, because if you think you're a Steelers junkie and you're not subscribed to the Locked On Steelers podcast, well, guess what? You're not a Steelers junkie. Facts. CC, thanks for your time as always. Cousin, it was a pleasure. Yes, sir. Thanks, fellas. There he is, Chris Carter, fresh off the plane from Denver.
2: I like it. He hopped right off that PJ, man, hot on the phone with us, I'm man. Glad, we appreciate it I'm for glad that, they man.
1: did not shoot him in Denver, Jeez. Arthur
2: well, I say we had a, a, a didn't he get a shot reference, heard, right. a, heard a terrorist drop. Like, it was all, all right. over the place in this segment. I like it, though. This, this is the mark of a good segment. we right. just having fun, having fun. Who you got tonight, huh? Oh, for me, I'm a hater, man. I'm going Kansas because I had Duke.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I should thought Duke.
2: about I'm that. I'm a Duke guy, man. Yep. So since UNC beat him, my pops is extremely happy because he's a UNC guy. But yeah, Kansas is like, oh, that's my other squad, so I ain't tripping. You guys. Yeah, you. no. Know. Yeah, no. You know me. I don't do the conference unit. Yeah, no. I'm a hater. It's not my bag, I'm baby. a hater. You beat Duke, I don't want you to win. I want you to get beat by 50. I know Arthur Motes was hurt on Saturday night. He could act like he didn't
1: care because he was watching WrestleMania oh, with no, no, the no, kids. No. But I, 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 t- know I took
2: two L's, man. I know he was hurt Saturday night. I took Saturday two night. L's. I, what, I, was the, what was the other one? Villanova. Oh yeah. I was hedging a bet. I was like, you know what, man? As much as I love Kansas, I felt like Villanova was going to do it. out that their defense was in, you know, intact. I, I thought so too. But. Kansas, man, they were just different, dude. They, they, yeah, they were not missing shots. I know. I'm like, when a team gets that hot, is nothing you could do. And Nova couldn't here. get to
1: the free throw line, so like, yeah. that, they just they couldn't slow it down. Yeah.
2: So for me watching, I was just like, oh man. So so it was a double L for me on that, you know, glorious Saturday. But at least, like I said, my son he got to enjoy watching WrestleMania. My daughters enjoyed watching WrestleMania. I love that. It I was love some tears shit because that's how serious the WrestleMania was. Really? Getting. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Ooh.
1: Oh, I, 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 I remember being that age. Wrestling it, was everything. It, it, it took
2: me back. I, I forgot how serious it could get. Oh, yeah. My son, my little man, he almost had a meltdown. Oh, no. Not he little, was like, not he little said, G. He said, Charlotte Flair won, but she cheated. It was supposed to be Ronda Rousey. I said, oh, my God. I said, G, I didn't know he was as passionate. She tapped. He was like, at the time, it was like, she tapped. And it's like 1140 at night, mind you. He's like, she tapped. She t-. He's running around like in tears. I was like. Come here, son. Let me let me comfort you, man. <laughs> let me tell you a story about Ric Flair, oh my the dirtiest gosh. player in yes, the game, yes, and yes. how his
1: daughter is a chip off the old look, block. And
2: I was over here like, "Oh, I love Ric Flair," so I'm rooting for Charlotte, not knowing that my son felt this passionately about, about Ronda it. Rousey. Oh my goodness, yes, dude! It, it was a sight to be seen. <laughs> that's
1: amazing. That, that's I love it. Yeah, I remember. Oh, I remember being. Mighty passionate. Mm. Mighty, mighty passionate about the uh, the WWE back when I was that age. That's good mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, all right, Motzy, before we go to our, our final break here, why don't we uh, share our third-round selection here on our mock drafts.
2: Oh, let's do it. So
1: mm-hmm. a reminder, we both took Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State, in the first round. I took Logan Hall in the second round, defenseman from Houston. Remind me who you took again, Motzy? Uh Chad Muma, linebacker right. out of Wyoming. That's right. So, um, now we're into the third round. Now I start to look for value, and I start to look a little bit more at positional need as opposed to just purely the best players. I'm looking who I've got available on my board here. There's some guys that I like. Um you know, I, I really like Donovan West, honestly, but again, he's just at a position center that I, I just don't think the Steelers really need. I like John Mitchie III out of Alabama, who's still available for me, but I took a wide receiver in the first round. I'm not going back there this early. Um, I like Cole Strange, the guard out of Chattanooga. I think he's a nice player, but where I'm going here, Arthur Moats with pick 84. I'm stepping in front of you again in the line here, but I'm hosting today, so I, I, know I,
2: I noticed. I'm just over here for the ride. Dun, dun, dun. Might I add, ESPN doesn't even do that sound as good as you do. Well, thank you. You're just top notch. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. You're just beautiful, man. I just, I'm just I happy undefeated. to know you. I am undefeated in the streets. I'm just happy to know you. I'm going Nick
1: Cross, safety out of Maryland.
2: Mm, the combine killer. The
1: combine killer. Like the upside there, even if you you know, bring back Edmonds or whatever, you can still bring him in. Um, I, I, I'm i going position of need, and I think a, just a, a good fit there for the Steelers um, in the 80s as well, too. Give me Nick Cross. Safety
2: out of Maryland. Now, I like that. See, Nick Cross, had literally went right before pick 84. He went 83rd to your Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> all right. Also had Channing Tindall, linebacker out of Georgia. He's off the board. Um, Justin Ross, the wide receiver out of Clemson, is off the board. John Mechie third and Alec Pierce all off the board. Oh, wow. Okay. Old linemen that are off the board. Jamari C- uh, Sellier, he's off the board. Nicholas petit frere he's off the board. I mean, Darian Beavers, he's the other uh, in, inside linebacker from Cincinnati, off the board. So as I'm sitting here, I have Dylan Parm, the guard out of uh, Memphis, have Carson Strong, the uh, big body, rocket arm yep. quarterback from Nevada, have Damian Pierce, the running back out of Florida. Then I also have Bailey Zappi was the other quarterback mm-hmm. that was kind of talked about. He's intriguing. He's definitely intriguing. So he's available as well. So I'm really stuck between two players here. It becomes Carson Strong and Damian Pierce for me. Um, Carson Strong because, remember, I did not take a quarterback in the first or second round. So as it stands right now, our roster holds three quarterbacks. And we know Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin said they want four guys in camp. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to see where I get this fourth guy from. But at the same time, I'm also looking at Damian Pierce and saying to myself, hey, this is another really good running back, productive player who could come and ease the mm-hmm. load on Najee Harris, mm-hmm. who we all feel you know, we're going to need to continue to play through. And I'm stuck because part of me says, yes, you go get this running back right now because that will definitely help you out. That will help Najee out and ultimately we'll be fine. But at the same time... I do think Carson Strong is a lot more intriguing of a prospect. I think that, you know, him rushing back from the knee injury that he had last year, it definitely limited his mobility. But at the same time, you could see how productive he was as a passer only without using his legs. So I say to myself, yeah, we have Mr. Trubisky. Yeah, we potentially still have Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Those guys can go play this year. And that allows Carson to have another year to get that knee completely right. back. Because right. if he gets completely back, well, now this guy is a lot more intriguing than a lot of these other quarterbacks based on his size, athletic ability, arm strength, and things like that. So, for me, I'm going Carson Strong. I love it. Because I do feel like if Najee goes down at any point this season, it doesn't matter who's backing him up. We're going to be in a it's world. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. So why not go ahead and, and get me a potential, you know, low risk, high, high reward yeah. quarterback in Carson Strong? And he fits that prototypical size. Whereas a Malik Willis, he's undersized. Whereas Kenny Pickett, he's a good player across the board, but not great at anything in particular. I think Carson has great size and great arm talent as well. And I like his athletic ability when he is healthy. And you can't question his toughness, what the dude did coming out and playing what he did and playing how he did as fast as he's there from mm-hmm. recovery. I mean, he should have took out, uh, I think it was a year. Right. He came back in like four or five I mean, did months. Did the Adrian it was Peterson nuts. thing. Yeah. yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. Man, he's talking about his knee was still bleeding and stuff doing practices. I like that type of heart, though.
1: I'm with you. You and I have talked a lot about that. You know, what is the value of drafting a quarterback really late? You know, occasionally you get the Russell Wilsons in the third round. Occasionally you get the Tom Brady's. But that's just more more often than not, you know, it has to be a first-round pick. I mean, even Derek Carr was a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. Carson Strong is one of those guys that I would be willing to take a flyer on in that spot. We're going to take a break here. Our last break of the show. When we come back, we'll finish out our mock draft. We'll also get to your tweets. We've got a few that have rolled in already. If you want to chime in on the conversation, at Wesley Euler, at Body 52 Duh. That's where you can get at us on the Twitter.com. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.